have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? And how do I make money off my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Anchor was my starting point to launching the L Duval experience. So if you wanted to start your own podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in this diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios. Welcome everyone to the Lewis Duvall Experience. I am so delighted that you chose to be a part of this experience with me. You could be doing anything in the world right now, but you chose to spend it right here with me and I am just super grateful that you did. I am, of course, your host, Louis Duvall, and I am super excited to have this legendary actor with me here today. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? My guest today, he has over 190 film credits, and I actually counted them. Actually, I didn't because it's already on IMDb, but <laughs> it means that <laughs> chances are your favorite movie, television show, or stage play, chances are you have seen my guest. He has been in notable films such as The Postman, Bad Boys 2, The Happening, Limitless, Creed, Glass, Ocean's 8, Law Abiding Citizens, which we both was in, uh, TV series as The Sopranos, The Wire, Gotham, Dispatches from Elsewhere, Atlantic City Chronicles, Hack, Underground Kings, Wu-Tang, and American Saga, uh, and Heavy Sedation, which I absolutely 100% love. Uh, and to short films like Swing, Compromise, and A Diamond in the Sky, and The Journey of Herman Stone. And as uh, I mentioned, just a small portion of his work, and there's so many other works that I just couldn't, 100% could not just say all of them, Just it's just too long to list, but you can go ahead and take a look at it for yourself, because that list does go on and on. But he's not only just that, he's a producer, he's highly respected in the entertainment world, you can call this guy, and I mean like you can call him and speak to him about anything. He's a favorite of mine. He's a family member. He's family oriented. He's active in the uh, in the arts. He's very supportive in the arts. Uh, but truthfully, he's a activist and he loves the arts in general all over the world, just not here in Philly. And he is definitely what I would call an actor's actor. My fellow listeners, it is a pleasure and an honor to present to you my good friend, Brian Anthony Wilson. Brian, how the hell are you, sir? Woo! Man, what a what an intro. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm blessed to be here, Lewis. Thank you, brother, for having me. And I just wanna I just wanna correct one thing because there's something that's wrong. 
And I know it's wrong because I never got a residual for it. But oh, hey, okay. IMDb has me listed in, in Bad Boys 2, which I was not in. I was Really? It, yeah, it, that's, it's, that's well, let's, not me. Let's claim it. Let's just say that you're going to be in Bad Boys forever because I know that's going to be the next joint <laughs> or something like that. Ooh, I know, nice. Yeah, I know the last one was so well received, so I know that it's going to be oh, another one. I, I know it's going to be another one. Well, so if you're, i got to rewatch that. If you're not in there, well, you know what? We're just going to say he will be in the future, bad boys. That's Hope, right. Let's claim it, right? <laughs> My you know good what? Friend. I, I, have, I have never met Will Smith. Have, have you? I would love to meet him. I have never, ever. I know people who know him. But yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I have. Sure if you had I have had good people in his circle, but no, not personally. Not personally. But uh, that's, okay. a, that's a bucket list, right? Yes, sir. Um, Amen, Denzel, yeah. Oh, really? Well, shoot, then. You've answered, like, one of the questions already. (laughs) Denzel and Denzel. Denzel. Well, you know what? I'll I'll get into more deeper than that. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to mess up you. No, 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 no. This is it's all good. This is the power of radio. So, um, quick question, bro. H- how have you been surviving in these COVID streets? That's how. That, that's what I'm calling it now. These COVID streets. These mean COVID. Mean COVID streets. Hey, man, I've, I've been getting by. Um, you know, the love of my family, and uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to trust in God and. A lot of things that happen that are not of my uh, doing and things that are like divine, things that happen for a reason. So I'm, I'm just uh, blessed to be, you know, knock on wood, healthy and, uh, well, <laughs> you know, high blood pressure and diabetes. But, I mean, I, I, I've avoided COVID. I got my first vaccine and I get my second one on March 20th. My wife's birthday, actually. So. Oh wow! Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, just been blessed to be busy on some different things. Like I'm working on four different things, and I just got an audition. I got to do two auditions today. So yeah, man, I'm just happy to be. Uh, the, the business is kind of, you know, picking up again. Although the theater world is a little behind, but, but yeah, just just blessed, man, to be, um, you know vibrant and you know not getting rich off anything but blessed to be do, do what i do for a living and that my family is healthy and safe so that's all i can ask for as we all man and i am very you know i'm gonna I, i'm sorry i gotta nerd out I, I gotta nerd out for a moment if i may sir if i may oh please um my very first introduction to you this is a little backstory my first introduction to you and you may or may not know this but this is uh this was like years ago, because we've known each other for like, I mean, close to darn near a decade, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it's been, oh, yeah. it's been, it's been a maybe minute. more. Yeah. So yeah. backstory. So I'm in my apartment back then and I'm flipping through channels. You know, it's a Thursday or whatever, but some someplace during the week and I just need to decompress and I'm flipping through channels and I stumble across PBS and lo and behold, I see. Uh, a fellow Cheney, Cheney uh, University, Cheneyite, a fellow uh, actress who was on the screen. And I'm like, what the heck is Ina doing on my television set? Why is she here? What the hey? Uh, 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 uh. 
So I'm instantaneously like gravitated to this show and it was like, what am I watching? What is, what is this masterpiece? But it was her segment, right. but then right after that, I see, cause I'm already super captivated. I, I am then now watching this other episode called Forget Tomorrow. And oh, my, dude. my God, when I said, when I say this, watching Forget Tomorrow was not only so innovative and so creatively and eclectic and smart and brilliant, that was my first exposure to knowing Brian Anthony Wilson. I'm like, who the hell is that dude? Who is he? Who is that guy? <laughs> where, where has he been? What, what, who is this person? <laughs> and that was on PBS. Now, fast forward. Now, I'm saying this to say, because this is a buildup. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, holy crap. You know, this is, are these guys local? I had no idea that this was done in Philly until I started watching more and more. Because, you know, after you see a show, and you're like, you're interested in it, then you want to say, you, you, you want to know like more about it. Like, is this in Philly? And finding out that this was a show called Heavy Sedation and it is in Philly. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Holy schmack. I said, okay, okay, okay. So then at that time, like my, my girlfriend at the time, you know, I was saying to her, you know, I was just watching the show. I think we came from the movie theaters or something. And she saw something on the ground or something like in the, um, like in the vestibule as you walk out. And, uh, you know, I was just rapping to her about, oh my gosh, you know, this show, you know, I was just so in tune about this show, Heavy Sedation. And so she hands me this flyer. She says, well, here, since you keep talking about this show, why don't you go to this joint too? And she hands me this flyer and it's, I'm, I'm about to blow your mind for a second now. The flyer, it's a chat and chew networking event. This chat and shoe networking event oh. was hosted by none other than the late and great Daryl Henderson. Oh, yeah, Daryl. And it was his Philly artist connection. Man. And when I saw that, that's when I first got introduced and met the director of heavy director and writer of Heavy Sedation, Shannon Newby. And that's how I was yes. able to meet him. And he was so, you know. Hey, hey, how you oh. doing? Just like the beautiful, just a wonderful person. And I'm like, oh, in awe. Yeah. so fast forward, I'm telling you, it's, it, this is so full circle. So then fast forward, you I know. I thought you knew Shannon before that. No, I, absolutely oh, no. Okay. My first exposure of knowing Shannon was watching him on PBS, then going to the, okay. then going oh. to the, then going to the Phillies Connecting Networking joint. And then when I met you on set, I met you um, doing an episode. And that was my day when I said, Oh my God, there he is. And I nerded out. <laughs> you don't know this, but I, <laughs> I, I nerded out because I'm like, this is the guy. And I was like, so smart. I mean, my, I, man, you could have don't, you couldn't tell me I was a fanboy. My, my, my <laughs> smile went from ear to ear and I'm like, so nervous. I'm like, hi, how are you? It's so good to meet you, Mr. Wilson. It's just so an honor to meet you. Dude. And, you know, it was so funny. It's like, it's not like some people out in the known universe in the entertainment community where they, you know, they, you know, they're larger than life but they don't, you know, they come off like they're larger than life. There's so many people that I've met that are like, they, they, their persona matches 
like what they you know what i'm saying like what what their persona that is out in the hollywood you know stream oh world, yeah that their yeah. persona mm -hmm. is actually attached to their personal and i have to say dude even knowing that you're in such amazing films because i'm i'm sitting in a the movie theater and i'm watching limitless and i'm like holy shit it's freaking brian anthony wilson again and i had no uh -huh. idea that she was in the film and i'm nudging the person next to me of course this person doesn't know who the hell i am and i said that's brian anthony wilson i know that guy the guy looking at me is like okay you know and i'm just i'm i'm joygasm in my seat because i'm like holy crap Bradley Cooper and Brian Anthony Wilson in the same freaking scene. This is amazing. Mm. And to know yeah, you. Yeah, I was saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but to, one time I messed up. He was like, what did you say? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but to know. Called me on my crap. <laughs> but, but you know, to know you, to be able to get your, you know, to give a phone call to someone who I admire. I just got to say. It is such a joy to say and call you not only friend, but a fellow actor in the business. So I I just wanted to nerd out a little, just a little bit, you know. So I just had to give you your oh, roses. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. Gotta say thank you, man. So it. this is for me. You're a, welcome, bro. This is You're full, welcome. so full circle for me. So um, as I start the show off, I I do what's called the um the humble beginnings. Uh, it's the humble beginnings question, and that is. Brian, where the hell are you from? Where am I from? I'm from Mount Airy, uh, Dogtown section of Philly. That's where I grew up, right down from the street from Pleasant Playground. So you are a Philadelphia native? Oh, yeah. Born and raised. Yeah, yeah I didn't leave Philly until. Ooh, how old was I? Well, even over in Jersey since 04, so. Probably, yeah, early 2000s. So. Where did you go to high school? I went to Doherty, Cardinal Doherty. We hail Cardinal Doherty High. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is Doherty still in existence? That you no, know? man, they, they closed it down. They closed it down. They, if, they, if they raised the building, but yeah, they closed it down a few years back. Ah. Was Doherty um, the place where you started? Because, you know, Oprah calls this, uh, she calls certain things that happen in our lives the aha moment. I call it, you know, the come to Jesus moment. When we all realize and figure out, like, what we're supposed to do on this world, like, mm. in this planet. Like, she calls it, like, it's the aha. You know, I've had those mo those moments once or twice in my life, very thankfully. But uh, yes, I call too. I call it either the God winks or the come to Jesus moment. So if you when when did you get your aha moment or your come to Jesus God wink moment when you realize well acting was I, your thing? I, yeah, no, I did not know that in high school. Even though I look back on and see some stuff, I was kind of like I wasn't a class clown, but I was goofy. There's a there's a picture of me in the in the yearbook. Uh, about to kiss a fetal pig and <laughs> we were doing the dissection of the pig in biology, I believe. But um but no, my aha moment came um when I went to Freedom Theater. I used to sing in a um R and B band called Perfect Blend. I was uh you know one of the co lead singers. Really? Um but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, here. we just got together a couple of years ago, and I just did some background with them. But yeah, I, I love, uh, I still love to sing, but yeah. But yeah, we, we, we were like a basement band. You know, we played around different places in Philly and some other spots. But um, yeah, so that was like early 80s, and um, I wanted to improve my vocal range. So I don't even know where I've heard about Freedom Theater from, but I ended up at Freedom Theater, uh, you know, and so it was like a six-week thing. So we, the vocal people had to still take an acting class and a movement class, which I did. This culminated in like a, a showcase at the end of six weeks. Okay. And my aha moment came when I saw my buddy, who's, who was a dear friend of mine now, Mel Donaldson, do this monologue, and I was like, Damn, I want to do that. And then uh, the next semester, I went back as, you know, concentrating on acting. And I was in class for like um, for two weeks with, oh, God, I can't remember her last name now, Patricia. She's passed on. I mean, she died young, too, but she was a smoker. Oh. Uh, uh, Patricia, I can't think of her last name, but she was a wonderful actress and teacher that I had. And, um, I was in class for like two weeks and I got thrown into a play, not because I was brilliant or anything, just because they had fired two people and they needed a body. And they plucked me out of this to be in this play with, with Johnny Hobbs Jr. and the late great uh, Tony Ralph Wilson, who was also one of my teachers. Uh, and I just, it was like on the job training, man, uh, which, and then I was, I was really hooked in once I, you know, when you get that response from the audience, from a live audience. Yeah, man. And thank God Johnny was there because he was, you know, still my mentor. And I just learned so much by watching him and listening and trying to, you know, be a sponge and absorb it. And it was Johnny Allen Jr., the late great Johnny Allen Jr. directed it. So, man, I was, I was, uh, and I was, I was totally bit after that. That was a play called On Flower Street, written by the brilliant, uh, and songs and and lyrics and uh, you know the play was written by Millicent Sparks. Okay, he's a, you know dear dear friend now. So that's how it happened, man. I was twenty twenty three or twenty four when I took my first class, and I was kind of in a play before I saw a play. So that was kind of bizarre. But um, yeah, on the job training, just like the Postman, my first film. I had no film experience, and uh, you know Mr. Costner cast me in this. You know, sat in a room with him, and he offered me the role. Uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin, the man Costner. Kevin, the man Costner. Kevin Costner, who plays Clark Kent's father in Man of Steel. That Kevin Costner. Plays it it so well. Yeah, Uh, I mean, he's he's a man's man, man. What you see is what you get. That is yeah, but that is, I had yeah. I never knew that I never knew that he you you sat down with him and said he said to you Brian do you want this role and you said well of course I want that role what you I, talking about <laughs> yeah you, you know what I started I had a I had a a um but he was I had a tape recorder with me but I didn't record that but you know I I had put on this this is how long ago it was nineteen ninety six I had. I had to put on um, this audition. Mike Lemon did me a favor and, and taped it for me. The character only had six lines, was two different scenes, but I recorded it, put it on VHS tape. Oh, wow. So old you know it is. That's... And I had to FedEx <laughs> it out to California. 
Yeah, man. So I FedExed this tape out, and then my agent got a call saying, hey, they want to fly you out to meet Kevin. If he likes you, be prepared to stay for rehearsal. If not, you'll be on the next flight back to Philly. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Wow. So I Talk flew about out pressure. there to, yeah. Well, you know, but it was, um, but I didn't know enough to be pressured. You, you know, because I had no aspirations of being film or TV, and I, I didn't know. So I was like, okay, hey, they're flying me out there. That's that's a that's a win right there. Right, so, right, right. And, and then they were on location in Tucson, Arizona. So you know, I flew out there, and um, yeah, man, I was. He was out scouting locations, so I had to work wait for like twenty minutes. But when I when he finally got there, I walked. I, he led me to the back to this room where he was at, and the the number on the uh, the door overhead of me was two 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 which is my birthday. So I was like, oh, well, that's oh. a good omen. Oh, wow. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. So, yeah, so it kind of put me at ease. I was, got, I think, you know, my uncle, Mike, who had passed, Mike Giles, a wonderful writer, uh, he had passed earlier that year. So I was like, oh, that's, that's my uncle looking out for me, you know. And, um, yeah, so I went into this room with this Oscar winner, this big icon, and, just talked to him man to man for like, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 minutes. And uh, I mean, we talked about my lack of film experience and, you know, some theater experience, what I thought about the script and the character. And he offered me the role right there, just between him and I. Wow. I mean, you know, certainly had to get paperwork and yeah. it was called and all that stuff. But that was just, you know, uh, surreal to, to, to put it lightly. And of course, nothing. So that it was never happened since like that. So, but uh, it was amazing. So tell me, you said that that was back in '96, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because the movie. I'm sorry. Was it '96? No, I'm sorry. It was '97, early '97. Okay. Okay. Because we shot in '97 and it premiered Christmas Day, 1997. Because uh, you know, I mean, I, I did. Uh, I had to ask them, but you know, you know, I had to pick my own grade. For my hotel, but um, I did get an invite. Well, after asking, it barely swoons in, but I did get an invite to, to the Hollywood premiere, which was again surreal. I never saw anything like that. I mean, only what I've ever been to. Well, it was on the Warner Brothers lot, and uh, I mean, Ben Eastwood was in there, uh, the guy who was the director, it's a bunch of directors in there. Um, I mean, Ben Eastwood was like two tables away from me. I, I was too scared to go up to him. But um, oh, Oliver Stone was there, a bunch of people, I guess, that are associated with Warner Brothers. But man, this layout was like crazy, you know, over the bar, all this food. You know, I just was like a fly on the wall. Man. I mean, I didn't belong there, but hey, I, you know, I tried to uh, have fun with it. And um, yeah, so that was, yeah, totally surreal, man. And to, to be your first film to be like, Absolutely. You know, like and the, in these times. Right. And the quality that, that of was, that film, that definitely would have been like 200, oh, close yeah, to like no, 190, they, 190 to 200. Easy. They spent money, man. They, they built this, there's a scene where my character jumps off this bridge into the water. And they built this bridge 
with a movie for two hundred fifty thousand dollars wow. back then, which you know, which was going to be torn down. Right, right. you so, build it just to tear it down. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah. So and they, I mean, they and this guy Tony, who uh, Tony's catering man, this catering, uh, he's one of the best. I think they spent a million dollars on catering, but he he also does M Night stuff. Uh, I've been on a couple M Night sets. And he has the same guy. This guy is like both months in advance. I mean, I don't know how, but the, but I mean, I'm sure he's still doing well with the pandemic, but this food, man, they, they would have like flaming dog, salmon, they have like four or five different meats every day, and like a, a pasta station, a, oh, you know, wow. a I'm getting station. so hungry like, just thinking about man, it. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, brother. And hey, I, I was 36 at the time, so my metabolism burned a lot better. But yeah, but it was it was an amazing experience, man. I learned a lot, and um, I met uh, you know Jim um, James Russo. Who I know you know you see him. Um, he's a character actor that has over 300 credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, but I, you know I'm I'm still friends with him to this day. We we did a we did a film together about four years ago called Voiceless, this Christian film, but. Yeah, Russo's a really good guy, man. He's down to earth, really good guy. Everybody got to call him. So you know he's doing, but um, but yeah, man. But that's uh, two two uh, you know, on a job training experiences that I, you know, learned greatly from. Still learning. So we're talking thirty years? No, twenty five. Like we're definitely over twenty years. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm twenty five. Yeah, yeah. 24, 25, I think it's, you said 96, 97. So, yeah, that's like 24. 97 when I did my first film, yeah. Okay. So, so 20 yeah. plus, I am, we are talking to a 20 plus year veteran. Wow. Yeah, right. old, old head. Old head. <laughs> no, you're only as old as, you don't play like you old, bro. I've seen your stuff. You don't play like you old. You play like you still a young whippersnapper, so. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, as an actor, you know, there's so many different styles. Like Terrence Howard, he, you know, he is that character. You, 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 he leaves set and he's still, it. you know, he's still, yeah. he's still the character that he's portraying. He never stops. So, with every Terrence Howard, Jeff, Jeffrey Wright, and, oh, yeah. So, you, you know, such, such powerhouse actors. My question is and you know i think this is for all the actors out there that are listening um because men that are this talented there's so many different directions that um that that one can go when it comes to developing a character or um embodying the character uh all that good stuff so what what's your process like walk us through how you come up with your you know your character. Once you once you get the once you know you bag the role when you know you got it. What's your process? So many people have so many different ways that they they develop or they just get into it. So just mm -hmm. just a sneak peek. Like how do you? You know, I mean, gems. This, these are all gems, of course. So what what? How do you? How does Brian prepare? So I mean, it's, it really depends on the project usually, but it's just I I don't have a whole lot of. Training. I mean, I studied at Freedom, and I studied, you know, taking different courses in New York and um, in Philly. But I, you know, the script, script, script is king, first of all. And if you have a great script, mo 
most of your information is in there. Um, a lot of times, sometimes, especially I do a lot of indie films, a lot of indie film directors, writer-directors will have a, a great um, a breakdown or a, a backstory for your mm-hmm. character, which can be invaluable. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so I, I try to get all the clues I can from the script and, you know, the director, if this is, you know, a lot of times it's a writer-director, so they have a lot of insight. But, um, and just, uh, I go by my instincts. My instincts have served me very well. So, uh, about how to, you know, how this guy talks and walks and what he eats and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I kind of learned that at right. Freedom Theater and that, which, uh, and John, John E. Allen Jr. used to always say, you got it, you got it, you got a shit in character. You know, so I, I would, I would be on the toilet looking over live, like, what the hell is he talking about? But you know, I finally, I finally got it years later. But yeah, it's, 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 um, you know, especially when you, and I've done uh, a couple of pieces, like two one man shows, one about Thurgood Marshall, Justice Thurgood Marshall. So yeah, there's, there's a plethora of, of, of information about him. There's video, there's audio. Uh, there's books, so there's plenty of stuff to get you in character, and then, you know, um, and I played Alonzo Fields, uh, who was a, a, a uh, head butler for four different presidents in the White House, so and he had an actual book, so, and, and not see video, and well, I really, I think, yeah, I did have the audio, too. But, yeah, so, I mean, when it's that, your, your job is, I mean, it's kind of, the dichotomy is harder and easier, because you know, um, there is stuff out there. So if you don't do it right, people are going, they're going to say something. <laughs> but, um, you know, I remember a couple of times and I was doing Thurgood and they had this, this lady, uh, in the Kennedy center somewhere big, but she, she built this wig for me. And I have, I think he's probably seen had a couple. Of, if not, I can send you a picture. From no, I haven't about, seen it. Yeah, you got to show me this. Oh, okay. This is good I'll, stuff. I need to I'll see this. I'll text you that. Okay. Okay. I'll text you that. But um, but you know, this wig was like like a fifteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar wig, and I had a a young man there that, that, that they hired at the um, Omni Theater Center that was my wig guy. He would put it on and and you know tape it in like four different spots every night, and what? I would walk out, man. <laughs> yeah, and. I'll send it to you. I, yeah, I would walk I gotta, out some some night. I have to see this, and I would hear ladies like, "Oh my God, it looks just <laughs> like it." I mean, and I did. I, I kind of did, you know, look like. I mean, because I had the the mustache and I put some gray in it, right? You know, because my character has to go from eighty something to to sixteen and and everywhere in between. So, but yeah, oh, wow. man. But you know, every every project is different. But I I always try to go with, you know, what what's in the script and you know what do I know about the character from that? And what, you know, and, and not just what I say, but what other people say about me, you know, I mean, that's acting one oh one. but you try to get, try to glean as much information as you can from the script. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had an actor just called me about a month ago cause he was having issues with this thing. And I was like, Hey man, well, first of all, I don't have the script in front of me, but you know, get everything you can from that. And then talk, I said, talk to your director if you're having issues I mean, that's what he's there for. Right. You know, he was having trouble getting to the meat of the character, but it's like I I can't really help you unless I see the script in front of me. But, but yeah, so uh, I try to get, like I say, everything from the script, and 
And then if it's if it's something that the person does, you know, research that, you know. Um, um, I'm playing an exterminator in a thing that I'm upcoming. So, uh, which, you know, I had, and it's weird, I just had an exterminator over to the house, so I was kind of watching it with, with the way he was acting. Uh-huh. Was yeah, yeah, and yeah. I a few, few questions, but, you know, you got to do your research, right. you know, right. um, about the character and just... Uh, you know, knowing what 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 the person is all about, and um, and and if you don't have something from the writer director, you have to build your own backstory. Which you know, hey, we're actors; we can use our imaginations. Right, so right. As, as long as it's within, I mean, that's tricky. It needs to be within the confines of the, of the writer directors. It might be two different people sometimes mm-hmm. within their vision too. Like if I'm doing character, and I'm like, yeah. I think this guy is a cross-dresser. And it's like, uh... <laughs> you know, but it has to be, you know, within the realm of reality. I mean, right, that's not that right. couldn't be a cross-dresser. Right, but but don't if, go... if, the, if the writer-director doesn't see that, then you you might have an issue there. Yeah, you don't but, want to go way you know, off the beaded path. That's... <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> Or he could have no, been, I mean, or, or he, no, or he or she could have said, "You know what? I never thought of it like that. Let's see what we could do with that." And then you're like, "Oh shit! Right. Oh shit!" Uh oh. Hey man, you know, I'll tell you, there, there, there's video footage of me. I don't know. I haven't talked to this sister in years, but um, Dominga is her name. What's her name you again? Know, Pittsburgh. Dominga. Dominga. Okay. Um, I did a couple things with her, and we we started this thing where I was. I was a uh, um, pre-op transsexual, so there's this footage of me out there that I have never seen. I, I'm a scared. I'm a, I'm a scared to see it, as they say. I'm a scared. I'm but, a scared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm like, but hey, I, I took it on as a challenge. I was like, let me see if I can do this realistically. Because hey, there are guys my size who have done. I mean, yeah, Bruce Jenner. I mean, what is he six five? Yeah, or what? Me, not Bruce. What? Um, the what's his name now is a. Uh, oh Lord! I know you talk about though. I know. I, Her I know, name. Yeah, I don't. I but don't, yeah, yeah, I know you talk about. But that. so it's possible. But I took on that challenge, so I try not to back away from too much. As an actor, I know that that's. That's got to be like one of the most. I would say the most. You know, nerve wracking. Because you don't want to, you don't want to flub it up. Because even so, that's not who you are naturally. But you have that responsibility. Like I was watching, um, I was watching Black Lightning, and I'm watching, you know, some of the dynamics of certain characters that are on the show. And one character in particular, who's actually from Philly, she plays a, um, she she plays a uh, a lesbian. Uh, part of, and so she's representing the lgbtq community so you don't want to flub certain things up because that's that's their representation so you don't want to you know what i mean you, you don't want to like oh, yeah. do a disservice because then you have a whole set of other issues that you're going to have to worry about so no and that's that's true man because I, I did this play by ed shockley called saltwater oasis where i played a gay puerto rican uh saxophone player it's like I'm not gay. I'm not Puerto Rican, and, I'm, and I can't play the sax. So, <laughs> but I did did my best at it. But I, but you know what? I, I've been meaning to put something on Facebook now, just because you know, it, it, and we're in this you know, not because of cancel culture, just but because of 
people being more aware. Like, like I read for something for Young Rock, you know, but mm-hmm. the character was, was, you know, he's supposed to be not Hawaiian than some kind of Polynesian, which I'm not, but hey, I tried it. You know, I didn't get it, but, um, but I, you know, I did the accent. I mean, I played it actually, I played a Hawaiian on a, in a, in a, in a, um, a guy. I played a Hawaiian with a, uh, a skin condition that cuts off the penis of a white Taurus called white death. Really? So that was a, that was a crazy experience. <laughs> yeah. Oof, man. That's that was a, a lot. Crazy experience. That is a lot of That's power. A lot, That's brother. a lot of power yeah. right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's is like it... these days, it's like, can you even, I mean, you know, should it, should a gay man play a gay man? Or does that mean that a gay person can't play a straight person? You know, I, I don't know. I don't, a, I don't know what, but what you the know, deal is now. That's a crazy question because I, I just had this conversation with someone else. I said, you know, is it far-fetched for actors who are not American to play American actors? Do they rob from they the They do actor? it all the time. And they do it all the time. So it's like, you British know. British guys, yeah. They, 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 play, they play American better than we do. Right. And I, I, I say, right, some <laughs> of them, right, some of them. But, you know, the ones that are notable, it's like, it, it's almost as if to say, like, it's just the norm or an unspoken rule that if this person, like, when I watched Walking Dead and I saw that the star, uh, the, the character Rick Grimes, when I saw him, uh, Andrew Lincoln, when I saw him like in an interview, and I'm like, why is Andrew Lincoln talking British? And he just kept talking <laughs> British, and I'm like, why is he talking British? He should be, he should be Southern, you know? He should have that Southern drawl, and he is just as, uh-huh. as Brit as Brit can be. I'm like, oh my God, I would have never, I would yeah. have never realized that, but you know, there it is. And that's funny because in in Love Actually, he plays an American, doesn't he? He doesn't um, even do his British accent in that, but. He but, does. Um, he does American very well, and he does American Southern yeah. really, really oh. well. So I, well, I mean, they, it's, they, yeah, it's not I've too heard far that off for, for, <laughs> for British people. That the there's some type of, I think Southern is the easiest one for them to get for some reason. Really? Know. Yeah, somewhere I read that. Um, yeah, about. Uh, yeah, about about English actors and their accents. So for some reason, they, their ear is easily acclimated to the Southern accent. I don't know why. I think it's some kind of technical reason, but I forget. Yeah. Well, shoot, I I have a hard time even trying to even talk posh, just just on a reg, you know, just try to like throw it out there that I can do a character voice. And it is, I tell oh, you, yeah, it is you extreme, can. It, it, brother. It is extremely difficult to try to keep that bad boy going for 10 hours or 12 hours straight, you know, cause then you have to become that person. And one of the, and then one instance you'll slip up and then you're like, yo dog. And they're like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know? <laughs> and it's just so difficult to try to keep with that. You know, again, that's, that's, it know, is. Shit. It's just that concentration and all that stuff. You gotta, you know, spend the day talking like that. To spend the week. You know, do, do, do your work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's not easy. Um, so being in the game for so long, I, I mean, I often ask actors, you know, do you remember your first audition? Wow. That's a good, that's a great question. My first audition. First. Mm. Your very, very mm. first. Wow. It must've been something at the theater. That's, I can't, 
That's throwing. I can't even remember if they had me audition for the role I did. In the in the play, they just they said, "Hey, want you to do this?" I can't remember, but it must have been something at Freedom Theater, and I'm sure I, you know, crapped myself. But um, yeah, it must have been something at Freedom Theater, but I can't remember exactly what what that audition for a bunch of stuff down there. What about what about your first professional? Um, I mean, it's professional no matter what. But when I say professional, oh, yeah. I, I would say more Hollywood. Do you remember your first Hollywood um, audition? Well, well, yeah. I mean, it was the Postman. It was for the Postman. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, and then after that, I, I, uh, I got, right after that, I read for this. Um, it was a total different set of circumstances because after I got hired for the postman, then they, you know, I remember being in the hood and I got picked up by a limo, flown out first class, and put, in a, put up in a nice hotel for D and all that stuff. And then the next movie I did, I was playing a father who was abusing his daughter, sexually abusing, and he was like this, this thug. Oh, wow. Sleeping on the director's floor for like a week. Oh, short. Uh, the change, the um, change, the change. Shorties, called shorties. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. on the director's floor for like five days in New York. Wow. One time I bought, I, with my broke self, I bought donuts for the crew, you know. Right. It was like, wow. And I learned that lesson quick that, yeah, you know, up one day <laughs> and yeah. then you, 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 you. Totally yeah, something different than next. Uh -huh. Yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. So. But humble that you know, humble beginnings. They do. You know, it's it's almost like a rite of passage, so to speak. That you know, if you don't have that experience, it's like, could you? Do you really have? Does one have a story to share? You know, because if their if their world has only been one sided, but yet they've never experienced the opposite side of that. Yet right. It's, it's, yet it's still in within the same confines of of filming. You know, do you, you know, how, how diverse is your story? So stuff like that, I, you know, I nerd over, you know, what was, what did you, was there anything that scurried by you that's like, eh, whatever, <laughs> it's, it's scurried by me, whatever. Oh God, no, thank God, man, because if, if I had seen a rat or something, I, I would, it is New York now. I street screaming like a little girl. I know, I, I was scared of that, man. I was definitely scared of that. I think it was in Harlem. Was it Harlem? Maybe it was Harlem. Yeah, it was so long ago, man. But uh, I would love to. You know, I had, you know what? I had, I had that movie on VHS. But this was stupid of me. When um, remember that movie where uh, Helen Helen Mirren and uh, 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 Cuba Gooding Jr. played her son slash lover. And was like they were um, assassins or something. Lee Daniels directed it. Uh, Shadow uh, Boxer. It was done. In, yes, it was done in Philly. I auditioned for the role of of Cuba's father, which later I was casting. But okay, I took this um, I took that VHS tape there and gave it to Diane Harry. To well, while I was in the room with Diane Harry and Lee Daniels, and uh, I said, "Here, you know, here's an example of me playing this abusive father." You know. I don't know why I left it there. I'm sure they never even looked at it, and then I lost it to VHS forever. So, oh wow! But uh, but yeah, that was just a little weird story about that thing. But um, yeah, that was a, a, a re, re look at that movie too. But um, that was an interesting movie. Um, 
so you you said earlier about um your your wish list like the the two people that you you would love to work with you said uh will smith and and denzel oh, yeah. yeah i mean uh, uh, yeah denzel, i mean and um you know jeffrey wright or jeffrey wright so and uh, don, don Cheadle, of course uh and, and sir anthony hopkins okay May I yeah. may I get a get a deep dive and just say or ask um, why those why those gentlemen? Oh, just because I, I mean I, I respect uh, what they've done in the industry and I expect respect their body of work and um, yeah I mean and that's that's not the only list but yeah certainly oh, right David, right David's Viola Davis who I actually met um, I, saw, I saw the second. Uh, Second preview of Pence's, you know, you know, Denzel comes out. Right. Yeah. 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 Right, right into his, his uh, Mercedes limo. <laughs> but you know, well, hey, he's Denzel. Right. Right. But you know, Miss Davis was talking to people. She was very gracious, uh, and I told her, I said, uh, I mean, well, I complimented her on a brilliant work, but I also said, hey, uh, we both. Uh, I, yeah, Wild Body Citizen, we were talking about it. So, yeah, I, right. I read for your role, but of course, they wisely cast you. I mean, they had me read with the mayor, but I don't know if they were going to cast me in. But, and she, was, she just kind of laughed. She was very gracious, though. She is, uh, she is cool. She, she seems like she is a really cool yeah. chick. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's overcome. You know, you talk about you know, somebody dealing with rats and all that stuff. Yeah, her, her, her childhood was ooh, scary. All the time she went to bed hungry, so I can't, you know, can't even begin to compare with that. But hey, look, look what it made it out of her. I made her this, this amazing, you know, beautiful of, 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 of artistry. So um, yeah, I would love to, you know, work with her. Bunch of bunch of people. Is you know, but um, is the relationships yeah. of those that you've met like? I really believe that it is such a very vital component uh, for this business that we're in to have really, really charged up and intensifying and electrifying relationships with those. And not, you know, and when I say relationships, not in a not in a touchy feely sort of way, but you know, more oh, so yeah, of, yeah. A, of a building sort of way. Like you know, we're we're both you know we're both we black actors, black actors, right? But you know, when it comes to just building those relationships with others, you know, how vital is that? Because some people they don't get, like you don't know who the other person that you're talking to can be friends with or can be in association with some other person who you just said something really you know you flew off the handle. You was talking real fly with. And they don't, you know, you, you say you can do that, but not know, like, they're really tight. And, you know, that will, right. that will get a, as small as this business is. And that's very, you know, easily, like, one person, they say your name, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know, Brian. But it's always that one person, you just never know if you just, you know, if you're not humble, A, and if you don't know, you know, how this business operates. But oh, just how, how, yeah. how really tight is it? You know, just so that way, under, you know, the, the listeners understand that are in this business uh, or, or it's wanting to get in this business. How, re how are relationships for you? Like, how vital is that for you? Well, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, Lou, I'm a, 
I'm a loner, man. I, before the pandemic, I was going to movies alone, eating alone a lot of times. But um, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not. Uh, see, you're good, man. You, you, you know how to schmooze. I, I've been. A, I wish. With you. I just you know how to do that. No, but I'm, I, I'm I, not good at that, man. I am I'm, just. I'm I am good. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at just wanting to be authentic and being me. And if you like me and if you love me, awesome. But I can't control the ones that don't. So you just so happen to be the ones that just absolutely, you know, we both fall into the same batter in, in that cake of love. You know, so I wish that schmoozing would be my tactic. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm personable. I will say that. I'm, yes. I, I, you, but it's you not, are, you but are not, very personable. But not for everybody, yeah, though. You got to be I like. I say schmoozing, yeah. Well, no, no. no very sh- personable. Schmoozing and personable is, is it, it could be. It could well, be some people sh- have that gift of schmooze i don't have right no but i i know what you're talking about it's more so like um but it doesn't even even in certain situations it may not be or not work for everybody and when i say that i mean that it may not work for everybody that i want to talk to or that i want to be associated with so if i if, if you're not a person that i want to you know connect with because of your your vibe your energy your attitude or your whatever right i'm not you yeah. know I, I i stand away from that and i just park myself with someone who is just as nerdy as i am so i was <laughs> i'm very fortunate no seriously i'm very fortunate to have the people that i can talk to that i can call that I can put them in my phone and say, hey, you know, if I call, you know, like the, I remember like, uh, was like several months back or a couple months back. And I said, hey, bro, I'm just calling just because I love you. And I just want to just see how you're doing and just, you know, just chew the, chew the fat because, you know, hey, you don't know. We don't know. Today, no, tomorrow, today or tomorrow could be it. And our last conversation, I don't want it to be, you know, M- motherfucker, you ain't even called me, you son of a bitch. I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to have time elapsing from people that I care about, people that I've, I, I, I honor and I, and I cherish, especially the friendship. You know, I don't want to walk away from this planet and not have that you know, instituted. So I want to, you know, and I got to get better there anyway, just to keep abreast with everybody that oh, yeah. you're doing. But um, that's for me, that's when I think about relationships is that to me is the vital part because this, this conversation could have the, the me approaching someone of the caliber that I respect. And it could be a Brian Anthony Wilson. It could be a Denzel. I could put everyone in the same boat because we are all performing. For the masses, yeah. we're giving our All art. Right. It's lending. But to have that conversation with someone that I can call friend, it's very difficult to to try to pull, uh, hey, you know, would you ra- would you come on and not have the relationship that I, I mean, the, the conversation would be, so you, you've made four movies and it's just been a blast, hasn't it? Yep. Okay. Uh, so that, well, well, thank you everybody for joining in. That's the show, and it's about a second long, just because of the fact that there's no relationship building. But you know, I just want to just preface that it's so important, at least for me, to really have good relationships with uh, with those who have been emer- either you're emerging into the scene in entertainment, or mm-hmm. you've been what I consider you. And don't take this word wrong, because it is you. You are a legacy. You know, for someone who's been in the game for 20 plus years, bro, 20 plus years, that ain't nothing. Uh, you could have said, you know what? Screw the postman. After this, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going back to be a garbage man, you know, and, 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 live, and live your happy life being a garbage guy, if that's what you so choose to be. But, 
you know, I don't, I, I never, I never thought that how important and how vital it was to have relationship building, especially this day and age. So I just want, yes, I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to see just from your perspective, like, is, is it really, is it crucial? Is it vital? Or, you know, or do you just, you know, it's, it's who you Oh, eat. very it's, much so. Okay. It's very much so vital. And it's, and, and just like you said, be a person, but be careful who you talk trash on because guess what? <laughs> like you said, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real small uh, pool, especially in Philly, black actors, you know. Absolutely. So I you have might s- be talking about somebody's girlfriend uh-huh. or cousin or wife. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, so. I have so many stories mm-hmm. on that one. I'm like, oh. Uh-oh. No. Yeah, that's off book, though. But <laughs> Okay. But it is it it is okay. crazy. Like it, it, you just you just never know who you're talking to. Nope. But um, so I I'm just amazed by the fact that I there's certain things that I'm actually learning today that I thought that I knew and I really really didn't know. Um, but just from a personal standpoint, from you, if you were watching your own, and this is maybe a, this is a crazy question, but I'm going out there with it. Oh, if so- you if you were watching you. Which of your projects that you've done that you were like, I could watch that, like I could watch Empire Strikes Back, like it's if it cuts on, you're like, I'm glued to this to this uh, either performance mm. on stage wow. or perform or something that you've done either from television, you know, or because when I saw The Wire, I I I lost my shit when I saw The Wire for the first time, and I'm like, that's Brian, holy shit, he's gangster. <laughs> This dude is gangster with it. I, he was like, "Yo, this gangster. cat is not sweet. This cat is not sweet. Don't sleep on that guy." Uh, which which of the performances that mm, you've done a, when it comes on, like especially a, if it's a sleeper movie, like some you know they just throw it on there and you just flipping through channels, you're like, "Yo, this is my joint." Which one would that be? Wow, that's a great question. Because um, most of my stuff is little, you know. I am by stuff, but uh, I mean, on stage, probably oh, King Hedley II and, uh, you know, Gemini Ocean, which I won my only award for, my Barrymore Award for Best uh, Supporting Performance by an Actor, or whatever that is. Um, but um, on film, it may be the wire. I mean, because that was another mm-hmm. on-the-job training thing. And I just, last not January 2020, I finally watched all five seasons. I hadn't seen most of them. And I said, I got to get through them because people, you know, you know, people that have seen it three or four or five times. So I was right. like, I finally watched this. And I was like, damn, that was a good show. But um, yeah, I finally did that. So, yeah, like, Maybe maybe the wire, the um, wire, great. Choice. Even the, or the the postman too, because I, you know, I was a sponge and I was trying to pick up a lot of stuff. Like, and um, Mr. Costner, he was smart. He, he invited me to see the dailies uh, because they they did some stuff with me just by myself in costume, just to look at my skin tone. The DP or whatever, and um, and dailies. And, just for people that don't know, these are yeah, oh, after yeah. when you when you shoot a particular scene or you shoot uh, for a particular day. 
And when they come back to the director, it's either somewhat finished, semi-finished, or it is completed editing or uh, color, somewhat semi-color corrected um, of footage that was shot the day that you were on. For some people that don't know daily, I know I was like, what is the daily? So yeah. so, so that's what you and, mean by the dailies. Yeah, and, and this was before, well, before I even started shooting. So I guess it was, they added the, to the dailies, but they invited me to come watch it then. They had me go through different emotions and stuff, and and I could tell uh, from what I mean that was kind of my. I guess he was he was like I ain't got time to sit with you and go over this Negro, but um, <laughs> that was me learning that oh wow that was too big, or you know or you know because learning that um, yeah you're gonna be on a, a 45 foot screen. And uh, wow, you're gonna need to, you know, bring that in. Right. So, so that kind of taught me from that. So he was smart doing that. And I mean, save himself some time too, because he was, he was writing, directing, starring, producing, and casting extras. I mean, he, he, I think he was spread too thin. But you know, some people either love or hate that movie. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of a cult classic, and he plays a lot. You know, and so I guess somebody <clears throat> likes it. And for. And for those that are listening, again, you just never know when movies like cult classes like The Postman will pop up. So, um, yeah, it, it it's it behooves some people don't realize like watching shows like that, like watching it on those networks, it allows other projects to still be filtered in because that if it, the more people watching, the more people want more then the more that particular station or that network will stay alive. They die when there's no traffic, there's no interest, there's no nothing. So um, I urge people, like, even if it's something like on Tubi, you know, I don't sleep on none of those streaming services or none of those uh, applications because those applications, they will live on as long as there's interest. So I I encourage people to, you know, watch these films, watch, you know, go back to it, request it. You know, if you if you got a local television station or, or network say, hey, you know, we want more of XYZ type films because that's what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very vital and very important. But I, I, I want to ask this question. And, you know, with all the things that you've accomplished, man, and it is a long resume. The one thing that I did not see on there, I mean, I semi saw it, but, you know, really like head first into it. I have not seen you in a superhero movie. When can we finally see you right. in a Marvel or a DC project, you know bro? What? Or, or Star Wars or something, man? Like, when can we, come, like, do we have to, like, 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 really, like, like, go like how people have done the Snyderverse for the Justice League yeah, movie? Well, do we have to, like, you know, push in, like, certain, like, we want Brian in a freaking superhero yeah, film. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can start that. Start yeah, the petition. It's um, funny, I just, um, I just met with some some uh, uh, this this lady for a, a new uh, sort of talent agency because I, I haven't had an agent in a while. Cause my agent retired and I've been freelancing with the manager. He's kind of uh, getting out of business, so I, I was I met with this person and she was talking about you know I can she literally said I can see you in one of these Marvel films and you know with your stature and your voice and I was like wow. Let me you know, tell you. I mean, let and me. that's about representation. You have to have that to get in the door. So I, I hey, with your resume, it would not be hard to get you into. Do you know 
that um I, I if you have not if you're not aware of it like the streaming service for Disney Plus for these shows like they're fast tracking these projects so there's a yeah. there, there's there's like the uh, Sam Jackson um as I I was reading in an article like they're fast tracking his projects or his 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 uh, streaming show uh called I'm, oh. I'm not sure if it's called Secret Invasion but it's it's loosely based oh. off of a of a comic um property from Marvel a, a really huge story arc um that I believe that they're ushering into this new phase now I, I don't know the name of it I have no idea like You're talking about the Oh, when the scrolls took over? Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly! See? This is why I love you, bro. You know exactly... Ex- well, I'm a, that is- I'm a comic nerd, man. I got, I got I 40 it. boxes of comics at my house. I love that! Get rid of. I know. Yeah. Don't get rid of it, man. I just, <laughs> don't I get just rid of it. Got, I just stopped at the comic book store. Um, when did I go there? Monday, Tuesday, one of those days. Which, which one do you go to? Oh, if you're see, so you're I in Jersey. To, uh, you're in Jersey, right? So yeah, so this probably. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I come over. Uh, no, I, I still come over to Philly for my comics uh, on South Street. Uh, okay. Uh, Atomic Comics, because it's, it's it's owned by a brother and, a, and an Asian woman. So really, I try to support them. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. In Germany, Dar- Daryl that- and I forget his wife's name, but yeah, they're usually. She she was in the store when I was there the other day, so. I'll top. I'll... Yeah, but it's, it's my it's minority owned, so and you know I know a lot of the brothers in there because two of the brothers in there are film are filmmakers and writers too. So I gotta check that joint yeah. out. I top you. Yeah, you should, man. You I, should. I I see your Atomic Comics shop, and I and I put and I place down the card of Amalgam Comics. Uh, they're in. Is that the sister? That's the sister. Yeah, she that she. Oh, she I wanted to go by there. Where is that? It is. Uh, I'll. You know what? I will forward you um, in a text I, message. I know I've written it down before and I meant to go. It's in North, it, I, it's in North Philly. It, it is in North Philly. Um, and you, I, you know, because what's the name is right across the bridge for me. I just yeah, come across the bridge and go down 6th Street and but, over to, you know, Lombard or whatever. But that is a, it's a really jazzy spot. I know with COVID, I don't know how their business or, you know, their, their operations. Cause you yeah. can just walk in. Yeah, hopefully there. I hope so too, man. You know, this COVID thing got to go, but um, it, it is yeah. a, it is a wonderful shop. So I got to check out, I definitely got to check out Atomic Comics and you got, when you come over, it's, it's called Amalgam Comics. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, yeah, I got, yeah, text me to, to join if you can. Yeah. Cause I definitely, I, no, I meant to, I know I read about this sister. So I want to, she is, try her, to support her. Her name is Ariel. She is so, yeah, she's dope. Ariel. She play oh. she plays a vital part in the community for, you know, for that region. Cause there's not a lot of shops in the city that is, you know, owned. For us, by right. us. it's very, no, very I, seldom. People. I used to go to Fat Jacks, man, but they were so ignorant there. It's just, it's kind of rude. I was like, you know what? I don't have to bring up, you know, because I, I would be doing shows at the at the Adrian, so I was right there. But it's like, man, you know what? How do you I not? Can, you, I can see, spend my money somewhere else, right? And they don't see some people that just don't know if they if you treat everybody anyway. That's a whole that's ethics, man. But yeah. Brother, I can definitely see you. It's Nick Fury's story arc because he's now out in space, and that's not a spoiler. Oh. That's not a spoiler or anything. That's been out there since Spider-Man: Far From Home, so it's been out there for a while. So he's out in space. Right. So he's now either he is doing uh, Sword, the Sword uh, story arc that was in the comics, 
or Secret Invasion. I am leaning towards thinking it's Secret Invasion, but they are fast-tracking mm-hmm. that bad boy. So, bro, get on it. Because I don't know if they're shooting in Atlanta or if they're shooting in, D- in, in L.A., but I think, I, think it's in LA. I think it's in Atlanta. I want to say it's in Atlanta. I want to say that. Yeah, it probably is, man. Hotlanta is, man. Hotlanta. But I yeah, because this this person I'm supposed to be signing, but they have they have an office in Atlanta. So. Bro, I can see you as a, as like one of the like soldier scrolls or something, man. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, or or whatever. <laughs> or whatever, bro. I mean, I I just think that it's it's high time for us to really get in. Man, if I could, brother, if I could be a scroll or be a hell, I'd just be the garbage guy that just walks by. I don't care. Just, Damn just, right. just get me, me in a get me in a Marvel or DC proper. I'm cool. I will be forever grateful. Or Star Wars, and don't sleep on Star Wars, man. They're 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 doing also um, tracting for their series as well. The Mandalorian uh, on Disney Plus has been killing the game with the second season. So it's just a matter of time, like for other shows that's down the pike. So I know that they're filming. So, Hey, oh, throw, okay. throw your, throw your name in the mix. I know I, I, with bro, I'm telling you, it's, it's just a matter of time. And once you're in there, once you're in the Disney world, <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, man. it'll be so fantastic, man. But, um, but yeah, so, um, I, I want to ask this last, it's a, it's a gem. Um, if you could give a gem to upcoming actors in the biz, what would be, you know, it don't have to be elaborate gems or, it, or it could, it, it was up, it's definitely up to you. But, um, from sure. someone that's learning from a person, cause we all study each other quiet as is kept. You know, if you study Denzel, if you study Will Smith, somebody's studying Brian Anthony Wilson. Especially if they're if they're a stage actor, they're gonna study. You know who's that guy? Silently, wow. they, yeah. they probably won't tell you up to their up to up to your face unless they actually meet you face to face, or they'll be like me, scared like a puppy and like you know just uh, and admiring from afar. And then when you actually see the person and meet them and shake their hands, it's like you know you're, you're shaking. It's like why are you nervous? It's like because I'm like I'm meeting my idol. You know it's it, it, it just happens, man. I so the same thing. I- I did that with Wendell, Wendell Pierce when I was on The Wire because I had seen him do and Earl Loomis. That's and, uh, crazy. You that's cra- yeah. that you met him. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I worked with him. Like, he was I worked with him a lot. Um, and I'm, I mean, I learned so much by working with him. But because I saw him do Harold Loomis and uh, Joe Turner's Coming Claw in Philadelphia at the Drama Guild, and when I first was on set, I don't think I had seen him that day, but I was like. I saw him in the hotel. I was like, "Hi, um, um, I'm Mr. Pearson." He said, "Man, calm down, man. Because <laughs> he was like, you're coming all kind of stalkers, man." Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. But right. Look, I mean, he's funny as hell, man. But I, I've been in his presence a couple times. I went to see him do uh, "Waiting for Godot" uh, for the uh, Theater of Harlem. And he took us all to dinner afterwards up at Sylvia's, you know, special spot up there. So that was that I've was a been to night. Sylvia's, yeah. and I've been to Sylvia's. Their food is the amazing. only time I've ever been there. Yeah, one time too, bro. One time. That's crazy. Yep. Good food. Good yeah, food. and my my broke ass didn't know he was paying for it. I would have ordered more food, but <laughs> he paid for it afterwards. I was like, oh, well, damn, my Could have got another pe- a pile of spaghetti yeah. or, or or pasta yeah, or something, right? right? <laughs> some, some some catfish, yeah. Yeah, but 
Well, man, as, as far as gems, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I would just say, if, if it's something you absolutely need to do, then do it. And I know some people have this thing about doing it for money and fame. I mean, the reality is that's probably not going to happen. It happens to very few people. Um, I certainly don't care about fame, but I, I certainly would want to do better for my, so I could take care of my family and my mom, my brothers and stuff. But, um, but don't go into it for that. Mm. Go into it because it's something you need to do. I mean, uh, it's in, it's in my soul. And I, I know you talked, um, it, there's been certain times it's like, wow, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, like when I was in, um, Vancouver doing Siren and uh, you know it's like wow just you told me when I was you know a kid that I would be making a TV show and, and flying out first class and drinking champagne in the morning or whatever but I mean uh, granted those things are far like the time when I was on the postman at the time where I flew out to Vancouver there was 20 years in between those times mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. most of the times it's indie films it's you know working for a lot less than what I quote unquote worth. You know, there was an article that uh, that uh, Viola Davis wrote that you know about paying her what she was worth. And it's like, yeah, you're right. They should Viola, but guess what? Everybody ain't getting paid what they worth, or else nothing would get made. Mm. So it's like, yeah, you can say that, and but I'm a journeyman after that. Uh, some things I'm, I'm making less than what I did 20 years ago. It's like wow, because the producers have the the power, and uh, you know it's their dime to play with. But yeah, but anyway, just just uh, you got to develop a, a tough skin for this for this game because you know the reality is, I mean, of course there are exceptions to the rule, but I might audition ten, eleven, twelve times and not get booked. It might you know I might or might get one out of those twelve. So it's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of uh, you have to be a self starter. Um, this is, there's, there's no days off, you know, I submit the stuff sometimes 1130 on a Sunday night. And especially since my, you know, my, um, my manager is taking the kind of leave of absence. So I've been just hustling, you know, submitting the stuff five, six times a day sometimes. Um, and you just have to be a real self-starter you, uh, uh, and, um, you know, don't procrastinate. I mean, I, I still have to get a website together and other stuff work on my reel but I've been busy working so but you know and try to work in all genres you can you know and, and, and work anytime you can even if it's doing a staged reading or, or or doing a poem in front of your family I mean work on the craft there is a craft to acting if, if you are going to get into this study with someone do your research study with someone reputable um you know take a film tv class take a improv class take a theater class you know it, it is a craft it has to be, you know, learned if you want to have longevity in this business. And, um, you know, there's, 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 there's people on the wire that are great because they are great at that role, but I don't know what their range is outside of that. Yeah, you can play to yourself great, but can you can you play, like you said, an aristocrat? Can you mm-hmm. play a doctor? Can you play a lawyer? Can you play a child molester or, you know, a murderer? Right. I mean, it's... you, you um, and and be be an observer of people, especially you know 
I mean, I, I can do the, the famous people can't do that anymore, but they, I've heard stories about actors who would just sit in the, in the subway car and watch people and make up stories about where they're going, what they're doing, uh-huh. who they are. You know, so be, be, be an observer of, of, of human human existence and life. It's like one time I was like, I know I'm an actor because of something. I forget why, but I was crying about something. Uh, so I said, we look in the mirror to see what that looks like. <laughs> and was like wow. wow. That's some acting BS right there. I mean, it's not BS, but it's like. No, no, no. But I just thought of it like, you oh, know, what is, you know. You, you know you're an actor when you like. do that. You know you're an actor when you're right. like, let me see what that looks like in the mirror. Just. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you know, wow. That's, but, that's great. That's again, sir. Support other artists. Mm. You know, I think I have a good reputation in the community for doing that. Even that though you hold on, sir. Hold not, on. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I gotta give you. I gotta give you that. Support what, brother? <laughs> I love that, man. It, it is that is yeah. <laughs> Support is what you do, and and. I, 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 I man, I, well, we have now reached this part of the show where I, uh, I have to ask my guests the questions. Uh oh. Now these questions, this was uh, which was famously asked by the late great James Lipton from the oh. So I, I've missed those questions, and now I have indoctrinated it because he actually borrowed it from someone else. So I, am, oh. I, I'd like to say that I'm carrying the torch, but um, you are, you are, and carrying it well. I, I, I appreciate that, and it's just something that I wanted to always do when I talk to my fellow, um, my fellow thespians or my fellow performers. So these are uh, the actor studio questions, sir, and uh, if you will indulge me, 
I I will indulge you. If I may ask, sir, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Wow. Probably love. And I'll call call my mom and say, one love. So love. My favorite word. What is your least favorite word? That's easy. Just because of all the stuff that's going on, especially I just read about the these killings of, of, of our aging brothers and sisters. Hate is my least favorite word because it's so much of it and so, you know, un, under our the, the last occupant of the White House, it just mm-hmm. hate uh, crimes and just feelings and words just rose exponentially. I agree. What excites you or what turns you on? Oh, just... Um, Youthful exuberance, um, especially I, I see these, you know, young artists, uh, you know, even watching stuff on Facebook sometimes, just these young black kids dancing, just, 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 just it's wild to be that they have. And, um, I mean, and I guess I envy too because all my broke up men, so it's like being able to move like that. And just, just, just the joy of, of, uh, it's youthful exuberance, really. It invigorates me, and I and I, I love working with. I, I've been able to do that a couple of times this year. You know, these young filmmakers who have this this reverence and dedication and, uh, and love of the craft. Mm. What turns you off? Um, snobbishness. Uh, <laughs> you know, very. Very fitting too. Yeah, I I'm the same yeah. way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what sound or noise do you enjoy? Oh, my favorite sound is my daughter laughing. This warms my heart. And what sound or noise do you absolutely hate? Hate? Well, no, hate is uh, but um, crying or anybody in pain. Yeah. What profession other than yours would you attempt? I attempt, oh, uh, shoot. I wanted to be a doctor when I was young, but then I discovered weed in uh, second, my sophomore year, and my <laughs> my uh, GPA took a nosedive. <laughs> so, but um, I wanted to be a doctor. But what else would I attempt? Uh, shoot. It's a good question, huh? Maybe, yeah. Some, uh, another concierge. I don't know, man. That's, so that's being, uh, what else did I do? I don't know. Maybe a bus driver. And what profession would you absolutely dislike or despise doing? Oh, yeah, like um, the guys who clean up roadkill. They pick up dead animals or something. Roadkill collectors. Yeah, roadkill collectors. <laughs> Uh, I smell a bite picture with you and me, bro. <laughs> I am so there doing that, sir. I am so there. You got to get, you know, you know Shannon Newby will write it. I know he, he, he will. Wrote, I know he, he will. Wrote, he wrote this piece uh, for me, and uh, I think he, he wanted um, the kid from, uh, he played the, the son in the Austin Powers movie, um, Seth Green, Seth Green, he does uh, 
Mm. Robot Chicken. Is that Seth? Yes, that is. Yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, it's called Gruesome. As a PC wrote, is a. I thought it was a great script, but you know, in the script, it's about the guys that come up and clean up murder scenes. Oh wow! It's really interesting. Oh yeah. wow! I still, have, I still have that script. I want them to do it. Just need somebody to put up some money, but. Yeah, it was about, yeah, I was, you know, this, this this old, you know, me being a grizzled guy and, and me working with this young white boy, you know, trying to teach him the ropes. It was interesting. It's like the other. You know, it's a Shannon Newby joint. It's, it's great it, writing. It sounds like, it's like the other side of training day, but instead of being cops, you're just, you're, you're, you're cleaners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Cleaning up the dead. Yeah. That's that yeah i'm all for it if you want to do it bro i'm i'm there for it and uh if if i may last but not least if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates mm, no they won't say well done but uh <laughs> most of us do yes uh you could you could have done better but come on then bry <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see my, I want to see my daddy and my uncle and my peoples again. Wow, and wow. Well, I want to take this time to thank my most honored guest, my good friend Brian, for giving his precious time and showing love to the show today. Brian Anthony Wilson, I simply cannot thank you enough. It truly means the world to me, and I truly wish you the best in all that you do and you got to come back when you do that marble joint <laughs> oh of course i will <laughs> thank you brother lou I, I got much respect for you man and admiration for you doing your thing you can't that's another thing i would tell people you can't sit around and wait for the phone to ring you, you got an agent you gotta you gotta be your you, you gotta be your own ambassador so and i appreciate that you you do that, man. You, you, you're making content. And God bless your brother, and I'm honored to be on your show. He loves me. He really loves me. Thank you again, sir. <laughs> you're welcome, brother. And now, a moment of poetry. They say, oh, say can you see, knowing we're not really free, singing a free song, putting a different look on reality, follow me. They say, this is the home of the brave and the land of the free. Well, if so, prison walls, back to the streets, let my people go. This is the illusion of freedom, stuck between mirrors and the government, feeling hella sick, cherry oak tree, follow the spine of weed. We, the true people of this land, uncover the true stories and find that this country was built on the back of the African. Take off a few chains and replace whips on top of that, still have trips on somewhat slave ships. And freedom is what they gave who? That was Kevin Rakim White. You can check him out on his podcast, The Art of Storytelling, and check his website, UniversalEyePower.com. On behalf of the Lewis of All Experience, we say thank you to all of you who are listening. And if you are new here, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll never miss out on any of our future episodes with these awesome 
amazing and wonderful guests that are emerging on the scene. Check us out on Instagram at the Lewis Duvall Experience. Leave a message or share what you think about the show. And who is your wish list guest that we should have on? You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and now iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So until we meet again, be blessed, create, and as always, rock steady. The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios.